Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I mean, I think it was Baldy, Brian Baldinger. It's Wes Baldy Breakdown about Fitty. And Walker. Damn. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. He threw me an alley right there, Fitty. My bad, man. He threw me an alley right there. <sighs> Say it ain't so. I was like Penny the Shack right there, man. the 2 o'clock hour on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. In case you missed what already transpired including the Merrill Hodge interview you can go to our website WFNZ.com and listen to the three questions that Wes asked him. WFNZ.com Weston Walker podcast tab you can also catch all of our best of segments including if you want to hear about the best leaps in sports history again all fire edition a fire or a fizzle. Although Lambo leap, you think that would have been fizzle from you, Wes? Oh yeah. Okay. No question I figured just about outfit it. home. I you burned it in there. Yep. I figured. I just wanted to hear KG's Big voice fizzle. one time. So the Merrill Hodge interview was amazing. We've never had an interview. I think only go three questions with him staying the entire segment. That's how long winded he was on Drake May and even Bryce Young at the very end. He wasn't a fan of either one, to say the least. We didn't get any positivity from Merrill Hodge except for the laughing at him telling Fiddy he wasn't doing very well on the phone call before he hopped on the airwaves. <laughs> that was the only thing Merrill Hodge seemed to laugh about. In fact, Big Cat Dan has me rolling with a few of his texts. The first one, Big Cat Dan writes in, Merrill Hodge thinks puppies are trash. <laughs> Big Cat Dan, Merrill Hodge was funny. thinks pets with people's names are trash. Gelato, wow. gelato, trash. Merrill, what about Chick-fil-A? Trash. The service is slow. <laughs> That's all from Big Cat Dan. That was the takeaway that he we had. Stink. Many people, probably a lot of Tar Heel fans, didn't like what he had to say about Drake May. Maybe even other people that just are objective viewers of the sport. Steve from Salisbury says, he said Drake sucks, but called his son elite. Okay. LOL. He did drop his son reference. At yeah, there. yeah. That that one did uh, catch me a little off. You didn't catch that I one. Didn't even, the, okay. yeah. I didn't even. There was a lot. There was a lot. Which which answer was that? Because about midway through the first answer, I hope he cannot hear me laughing. Oh, no. Because I was laughing hysterically at how long. That's the longest answer I've ever heard in radio history. It he was talked real, for eight minutes. No, it was. I would like to. Actually, can you do that? Can you go back and look and see just how long that first answer was? Just so we can see how deep into the segment we got by the time he was done. It was 1229 when Wes asked a six second follow-up. Is that question. right? Is that it was short. Wes, honestly, <laughs> kudos to you because you made that second question quick. <laughs> <laughs> that was real efficient. And if it wasn't for that, we would not get to fire or fizzle on time. Yeah, we would have done it. I actually think you jumped in too. I think oh, yeah, you could have kept I had going. To. I kept waiting for pauses so that I could jump in because after a while I was like, all right, I'm ready to get to the next question. I enjoy very much 
his analysis. I, I I loved what he had to say, and not just because it was Drake May. I just I just think it's interesting when you get the the differing uh, commentary because so many people are can't miss on Drake May and him bringing up some of the things you know, and even some of the questions that I would have per se. So I thought it was interesting. Plus, like we said, yeah, he's got his misses, but he's hit on some guys that people thought were can't miss as well. And then, I, as I said, coming in from last year, him saying that C.J. Stroud was the only quarterback he had a first-round grade on. So, uh, I, you know, I thought the content that he gave us was good, and I thought it was I thought it was interesting for people to listen to no matter how they felt on either side of the argument. Uh, TC writes in, can we verify he watched the Drake May tape that he played at UNC? Like, nope. can we Can we verify that he watched any of it? Wolfpack James. Wolfpack James. So my question is, does Drake May do anything well? He said, this guy's takes are stronger than mine. He either likes you or he hates you. <laughs> Merrill Hodge brought it. And it was three questions, and it was two on Drake May. It was one on Bryce Young. Thing is, I was going to ask him about Caleb Williams, but it probably would have been very similar to the Drake May thing because he's not a big old fan of Caleb Williams either. Yeah, not at all. And Fiddy cracks me up, too, because I know what Fiddy, we talk about him all the time, how his opinions, there's no gray area. It's going to be black or white. And so... For Fiddy, I know that he would have a lot of detractors out there if he came on and did interviews about players that he was breaking down. Uh, there, it's the the text line. Honestly, it was it's one of my like most underrated favorite moments because everybody <laughs> together was thinking, "Oh my goodness gracious!" My girlfriend just texted me and said, "Okay, I'm glad I'm not going crazy. I didn't know if this was just some normal back and forth between you and guest. I thought I was going nuts listening to this guy talk until minute twelve or one thirty <laughs> to d- just get one answer away. And no, it's she not normal." She kept missing us asking yeah. the questions. <laughs> like, is, this, is this app? Did working? you guys ask a question? What's going on? I'm missing it. This oh, WFNZ app. No, the app is working perfectly. Merrill Hodge, just a little long-winded, but also a nice guy. And so we would like to have him back, and then sure. maybe we can clown about this next time we have him on in the future, if Fiddy will allow that. <laughs> as long as Fiddy allows it, that we can have him on in the future. Speaking of Fiddy, it's time now for the Live Wire with J.D. Live Wire Connect. The east the west, the west, up north to the down south, down Live Wire I do got to say, peel the curtain back a little bit. Sometimes I'll let you know when I get the guest on the phone, hey, might be prepared. Yeah. But y'all heard the conversation where I said, oh, I'm sorry. I hope I hope the interview makes your day better because it was a blatant. No, nah, my day's pretty bleep. I was like, <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah. And, then, and then he started like laughing and I'm like, I, I don't. If you're trying okay. to pull a fast one. I didn't, I, I didn't know, but... Uh, I wouldn't know how to respond either. If he was saying, nope, my day's actually going pretty bleepy right now. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm sorry. You want to hop on? No, I'm just playing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> um, we played some Chris Trapasso sound earlier in the show. He joined Kyle Bailey in the afternoon. And one of the things he talked about is something we've talked a lot about is should the Panthers be willing to trade Brian Burns to get back into the first round? Decently aggressively. I, I don't think it, it's something that they need to do because they are, you know, with Dan Morgan here in his first year as a general manager, it's not like he's hitting hitting the panic button. You have Bryce Young going into year two. But what I will say, because the timelines are a little different, I would certainly offer Brian Burns a, a market rate deal and maybe even a little higher because he was a homegrown talent. Would I say that, oh my God, we will not take anything for him? No. And it's because by the time you're, you know, paying him huge money and he's getting close to 30 in three or four years, 
is that when you're needing to pay your quarterback or you're resetting a quarterback or you need to sign a tackle, whatever the case may be, they should definitely um, look into that and, and not be like, hey, we're not going to take any calls on Brian Byrne. And really, having picked 33 in what is a very deep class at some big positional needs, offensive tackle, wide receiver, um, it's not like, oh, it's a very thin class at receiver. You've got to get into the first round to get one. Walker, Dan Morgan said on Tuesday that all options are on the table with Brian Burns. The two sides are supposed to meet during the week in Indianapolis for the combine. If you had to give a percentage point, how likely is it that Carolina trades away Brian Burns to get a first-round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. I hope this isn't too simple, but it's 50-50. I really don't know. Oh, God. I really don't know. Hey, I really make don't. a stand! 50... <laughs> Sound like we're fighting a war. 50.9, 49.1 that they keep him. If I had to choose, I would say they keep him. I would say that. Just because it's always a less likelihood that they would trade somebody, right? Just sticking with status quo usually is the right call in these scenarios. But I really do think that all options are on the table, such as Dan Morgan is suggesting, okay. and they can move on from him. I, I think real quickly, I think Chris's take is logical. I think it's well put. I think you should offer him maybe a little above market rate to keep a homegrown, really talented player here with this organization at a premium position. So it's not like we're just playing or you're just paying, I don't know, something that is less valuable than edge rusher a bunch of money because we don't want to lose him everything makes sense to keep this guy and then you of course wouldn't turn down a rams type of haul again i thought that was well put and logical from chris would it still be 50 50 if scott fitterer was the gm good question i would say no i would say more likely that he's gone because it just went so poorly negotiating on both sides and now with brant tillis being that capologist, remember Scott Fitterer and Samir Suleiman gone now. So yeah, I think that's probably a good point. I would say more so Burns leaves if we still had the previous regime. Yeah, I think that I'll put 25% on it that he gets traded. Wow. Uh, I think at this point, I think the Panthers, as he said, they just need to go ahead and pay him because we know these NFL deals are two to three year deals tops anyway. Uh, just go ahead and give him the money. I mean, unless he's asking for something just really, really exorbitant. I mean, if it's 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there, I mean, I think 30 has to be the, the stopping point. But if that's what he's asking for, I think you pay him because um, this is a guy that's still a very young player, still a lot of sacks and tackles for losses ahead of him. And uh, this is also a position that is a premium one. And if you do trade him away, you're going to be, again, like I always say, chasing your tail, uh, trying to replace him because that position is coveted. Now, like you said, unless you get a Rams type of offer with two first rounders in it, all right, then that changes things a bit. But uh, other than that, man, I think they should just go ahead and just get it over with. And uh, obviously, it'll take a topic off of our table, but let's go ahead and pay Brian Burns to get this thing over with. One thing that we have talked about at nauseum this week has been court storming and if it should be banned. And a lot of people have weighed in. And no, we're not going to play the Jay Billis sound here because it's three days after the fact. I think we can all agree that that take was very idiotic. It was strong. Arresting but people, that was strong. Mike Golick Jr., weighed in on the latest Gojo and Golik podcast, and he has a solution to ban court storming, and I think this show, we could get behind it. You're talking about deterrence to get students not to rush the court. Jay Billis is talking about deterrence. I'm talking about a reward right here. I got the solution because I know what college kids like, and I know what crowds in general at sporting events like. <laughs> Free stuff, baby. So walk with me on this. 
what local brand <laughs> will step up to the plate and do what we see for free throws all the time? Hey, so-and-so on the opposing team misses two free throws. Everybody gets two free chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A or whatever the place is around campus right there. You get the opposing team successfully off the court before you storm that thing. Everybody in the crowd that night is getting free Taco Bell or whatever you want on the other side of this right here. You got to speak the love language of drunk college people. And the love <laughs> language of drunk college people is free food. What will get students to self-police the other? The prospect of free drunk food on the backside of this celebration where you're going to go lift a goalpost into the river or something like this. <laughs> what food item could be offered to the Wesson Walker show if we were in an attendance at a sporting event like Saturday and Wes admitted that if he was there, he would have stormed the court. What item would have to be <laughs> offered us for free to keep us from storming the court to celebrate Wayne. a big win? Oh, Taco Bell is right there for Taco you. Give Bell me some free too. Taco Bell. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, what would I not care about enough to go ahead and storm the court anyway? That's the real question because there are a lot of food items that I would not storm the court for in order to get something free. I thought that these conferences, that college basketball wasn't really going to be able to put a realistic system in place to deter, to deter or stop uh, court storming in general, but I think Mike Golick Jr. just solved this problem. I love everything about it. If you give me a couple of free crunch, crunch wrap Supremes, then I will not go out there on the court <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I will stay in my seat, I will leave the building, and I will go and get my free crunch wrap Supremes with extra fire sauce. Uh, we're talking about Winston-Salem, too, so mountain fried chicken as well. If you give me a free, uh, I guess, what do they call it, the snack, a six-piece with the wedges and all that type of stuff. If you get a free snack, you know, I don't even need the special. I don't need 10 wings, but if you give me... Well, normally I would get it, but for purposes of storming the crowd, if you give me a six-piece uh, snack from Mountain Fried Chicken at Winston-Salem, I will not storm that court. Yeah, you know, you look at it at Chapel Hill, like timeouts, the place everyone thinks of because it was on um, diners, drive-in, and dives. But for me, it'd be... It'd be Sutton. So, Walker, your fast food place was Taco Bell. It'd be cookout. I, look, Taco Bell cookout those are the two that come to mind for yeah i think those are the, two. the one place in carolina that i voluntarily gave them my money that's saying a lot folks just know that's saying a lot <laughs> that chicken biscuit is fire what are you gonna ask Faye? i'm just trying to think else? of where i would like what i'd have to be offered to, to keep me i'd probably go then they probably chick-fil-a and what would it have to be um, Two please. chicken sandwiches, like he said. Yeah, well, because you know, I get I get a sandwich, a side of nuggets, and then the fries, and then the drink. So, I, I'd feel like for me, because I'm fat, I I'm gonna need twenty five dollar gift card. Oh, I'm gonna need to be Lord. able to get probably at least one <laughs> splurge meal. Or at least two definite meals for me to not storm the court. I mean, look, it's got to cost some money. If if the other extreme is to arrest people that storm the court, it's got to cost less money for you to just give people free food at fast food restaurants than to employ all these people to make sure that everybody, you know, make sure they go through law and order. Like, just go ahead and give them free Taco Bell. But you're a Carolina fan. You don't need to storm the court, right? That's right, baby. That's why yeah. I don't got to worry about it. 925 says wings from Chex Grill. Yeah, you would you wouldn't you wouldn't storm there. Well, six piece. Yeah, me, me and Flown went there last week, man. The, 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 if nothing else, y'all ever do in my life, y'all ex- introducing me to checks. Okay. Makes up for y'all cannot show up to my wedding, 
I would not be mad because you you taught me and you showed me the way about Shaq's Grill. I remember that. That'll do it for the Live Wire with JD Fitty Marlowe. Coming up next, it's Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us to talk about the Charlotte Hornets' new president of basketball operations, Jeff Peterson. What can we expect from him? What's on the to-do list? It's all coming up next on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How about the turnaround on these new additions? Promoting the station. Appreciate Davis Bertans, Grant Williams. I think Michich is on here somewhere. I know Trey Mann is. If Michich isn't, then we got to make sure everybody's involved. Even Poku, after they pick him up, I guess once he's on the roster, we can great see names, great names, <laughs> and also a great bench. The way they've been playing for the most part here with the Charlotte Hornets. That's not the only news that we've seen come across our timeline the last couple of weeks. We got some news today. How about Woj reporting earlier? The Charlotte Hornets are planning to hire Brooklyn Nets executive Jeff Peterson as the franchise's next head of basketball operations. Sides expect to reach a formal contractual agreement soon. In order to talk more about it, let's go to somebody else that knows quite a bit about this stuff. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. He joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And of course, you can find him on Twitter at Bobby Marks 42. Bobby, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? We really appreciate it. We're doing well. And I think especially Hornets fans are doing well compared to years past because it feels like they're moving in the right direction at the trade deadline. So many people are happy with how they operated. And here we are with the new GM, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Bobby, what's your overview on Jeff Peterson as he becomes the new head of basketball ops for the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, I mean, I think that he, he's certainly paid his dues, um, you know, whether it been in Atlanta, um, you know, certainly a former former player, um, college player. Um, and then, you know, for the past, what, six or seven years um, in Brooklyn, I think there's uh, there's certainly a relationship there already with, with the ownership group, having worked with Rick in, in Atlanta when he was a, a minority partner. And, you know, certainly his relationship with Cliff, um, you know, Cliff, um, you know, was a coaching consultant up in Brooklyn for, for a year. So there's a familiarity there. Um, and I think, you know, how, how, you know, Jeff has operated that, you know, certainly in, in Brooklyn, there's basically kind of two sides. There's been, you know, when he first stepped into that role there in I think 2016, and it was a, a rebuild um, compared to, you know, when you had Durant and Kyrie and now they're, you know, kind of going into that rebuild. So he's, I think he's familiar with, um, you know, building a roster, um, with, you know, trying to find, you know, you know, if it's not in the lottery, um, you know, under the radar type talent, um, 
you know, what you have in, in Charlotte, you know, you, you're basically kind of in an observation mode for the next, um, for the next six weeks here. Um, certainly there's some, um, you know, workable parts, uh, probably more than workable parts when you have, um, you know, with Brandon Miller and certainly how he's played and, um, you know, post-trade deadline. And, I, and I've said, I think there's an identity as far as where this team is going here. They're kind of, they can, it's not content on kind of just hanging around, um, you know, kind of trying to be in, in the middle here. Bobby Marks joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Bobby, it's always hard to figure out what an assistant GM's calls were when viewed from the outside. It's always the head top guy usually that gets the credit. What were his responsibilities as far as you understand, if you know, and what did he help with during his time in Brooklyn with how they operated the last five years? Well, I mean, you know, certainly from a, from a talent evaluation as far as, um, you know, um, as far as building out the roster, I think, you know, how it works, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, the, the, the GM or the president of basketball operations is kind of like a CEO and um, everyone else, um, you know, there's a specialty there, um, whether it be, you know, whether it be college scouting, whether it be pro personnel, um, you know, as I said, identifying talent, um, you know, I think, you know, you have somebody there who's doing the cap for you. Um, you don't need to, you know, your head of basketball operations doesn't need to be a, um, that doesn't need to be his specialist as far as that. But I think it's about relationship building um, with the players on the roster. As I said, it's about identifying talent, about drafting the, the right players, um, you know, whether it be, you know, whether it be Jared Allen, um, you know, players like that who have been there, uh, Cam Thomas, who's, who's there right now and who's played exceptionally well. Um, you know, that's, that's half the battle as far as kind of, you know, building, you know, you're not – you're not um, in one of these cities where you're going to go out and throw a, a $200 million offer on a free agent here. Um, you kind of have to kind of build it within and make true trades. And um, he, he has certainly been, you know, part of a lot of those in, in Brooklyn. Brendan, are there any players who may come to Charlotte because of their connections with Jeff Peterson? You know, you never say never. I mean, it's a little bit different than what happened in New York with Leon Rose. Um, you know, winning, listen, at the end of the day, winning, winning attracts players. I don't. I don't care what kind of relationship you have with with a player. Guys want to win. Um, you know, New York is New York was different because Leon came from the agent side, and you know, there's a bunch of guys that he once represented are now there. Whether it be Jalen um, or Josh Hart, guys like that. So it's I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think the you know who's running your basketball operations is is the drawing card as far as why players want to come play in Charlotte or why they want to come in Atlanta. Guys want to win. Guys want to win a championship. Guys don't want to be in a lottery three years in a row. Um, guys want to get advanced to, to the second round, um, you know, of the playoffs here. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say, um, you know, be, just because Charles, you know, um, you know, hired Jeff, that all of a sudden that it becomes a free agent destination. I would say that that's not the case for all thirty jobs there. Sorry, Bobby, I called you Brandon. And so my next question <laughs> is, uh, what traits do you feel like will translate the most from Brooklyn to Charlotte that will help the Hornets? Probably the years when, you, when they first came in in 2016 where they, they, there was a, a patience to how they built that roster. They didn't skip steps. Um, you know, I, I basically kind of what we started to see at the trade deadline where – you know, you go out and acquire Bertons and uh, Grant Williams and Trey Mann, guys that are, you know, kind of, you know, um, you know, we're not part of whether well, not part of rotations and, and you know, guys looking for that second chance or that third chance as far as the opportunity. And that's how it was in Brooklyn when you looked at them going out and getting D'Angelo Russell and Joe. Har- they signed Joe Harris and players uh, drafted, you know, Car- uh, 
Jared Allen, guys like that. And you kind of start, that's how you start building, uh, building a roster. I mean, I, at the end of the day, though, guys, I mean, it, it, it really comes down to LaMelo. I mean, that's the, that's the wild card in, in this all. If, if LaMelo Ball can't stay healthy, then, you know, then you're going to have to, you're going to have some hard decisions in Charlotte as far as what you want to do there. And, and the, the body of work says that he has not been able to stay healthy here. So that's the, bur- the first big thing is that he's got to figure out as far as is LaMelo Ball the face of the, of the organization moving forward. Um, and you're not going to answer that overnight and you're not going to answer that in the next six weeks, but that's probably a, a conversation, um, you know, certainly, um, certainly in the off season here. Bobby Marks joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, ESPN NBA front office insider, talking about the Jeff Peterson hire as president of basketball ops. Bobby, I look at the payroll for this Hornets team, and there's one contract that seems most significant compared to all the other ones as far as what it means going into this offseason. That's Miles Bridges, who will Mm -hmm. hit unrestricted free agency. What kind of value do you expect Miles Bridges to get on the open market, and how much interest is he going to generate? Well, he's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not for everyone. I mean, when you look at on the court, what he's been able to do, yeah, I mean, you could look at it. You know, it's, you know, there, there would be a strong market here. I think how this new CBA is setting up, um, are you willing to pay him $30 million a year? Uh, that's, that's a tall ask. And then you look is that at what you, is that what it might take, Bobby? Like, is I that what we're looking so. at with 30? I, I don't, I, I don't think so. Okay. I, for, if it was me, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think he's probably, like, you know, in a, in a twenty to twenty-five million dollar range, and you've got to have a good comfort level as far as for, for that here. Um, you know, you look at teams that have room. You know, it, it's not going to be Oklahoma City. It's probably it's not going to be Orlando. Um, maybe Utah. I don't know. You know, outside of you know, certainly outside of what what what, what Charlotte. So then you ask yourself, who are we competing against as far as going out and, and making an offer? And I think. It's it's different now when you have a different front office regime too, as far as how does Jeff look at miles how does you know do you want to do you want to lock yourself into um you know him and, and lamello making i don't know 65 70 million dollars between two players uh and that's that's that gets kind of tricky here as far as how um how you kind of build out about build out this thing bobby do you know how much interest he uh, garnered at the trade deadline and i know there was a potential for him to be traded rich paul is agent and miles said no we're going to veto any trade since they have that power after accepting yeah. the qualifying offer how much interest did he garner at the deadline you know there was there was interest because teams viewed him you know whether it be phoenix who looked at him as a rental right if phoenix was going to trade for him it was a three-month rental here now there are other teams that did have interest and but it never got to the point where you basically have to wrap your arms around everything because it, it's not just, this is not a basketball decision. It's just not about as far as how he fits with the rest of your roster or how, you know, how does his salary fit moving forward? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes with it. And I know everything in, uh, down in, in, in your neck of the woods got, um, you know, got dismissed as far as the other charges here, but there's, you know, there's, there's still everything that happened a few years ago that you, you as a, as an organization, you as a front office, you as a coaching staff, you as a community have to be comfortable accepting that here. I mean, you're not you're not going to run away from that, and you and, and you and you have to be upfront with it. And I think that's that's the challenge. I think teams, you know, certainly ran into as far as from a from a front office perspective. You know, as far as making an in season trade like that, and then you're basically you know you're you're on you're on damage control. Bobby, was this job looked at as a favorable one because of the emergence of Brandon Miller to go along with LaMelo? So maybe potential guys looked at it as I already have two stars that I can work with that won't take a whole heck of a lot more? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I think if you're in the Western Conference, you're you're probably running uphill, um, you know, a little bit more, you know, a little steeper than you. The Eastern Conference allows you to rebuild, um, you know. So certainly, the emergence of Brandon, I think, helps um, how he's played. Um, I think he's got the potential to, to be an All Star in this league. Um, you know, as I said, Lamelo is. You know, there's got to be more body of work just because a player's on a max contract doesn't mean he's an All Star. You know those contracts are for players who are who are upside here. I think, I think what's appealing is is that you've got a clean cap ledger, um, you've got resources with the new ownership group, um, you've got tradable contracts, you've got um, you've got a bunch of picks you got um, at the deadline here. Um, you're not tied into one player, um, and it allows you to 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 work with a lot of different options. Bobby Marks joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking Charlotte Hornets. And Bobby, Jeff Peterson at least has some familiarity with Steve Clifford during Steve's time mm-hmm. in Brooklyn as a consultant. Do you expect there to be a good chance that Steve is back next season as the Charlotte Hornets head coach, or do you expect Jeff to move on? I would expect so. I mean, I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. I mean, um, I, I think certainly what we've seen a little bit before the deadline, I mean, before the All-Star break and, and the game since, um, I know there's been some lopsided games um, in, in the last in the last couple of games here, but I'd love to see what Cliff can do with, with NBA talent. I mean, that that's what uh, you know, and I think he can do a lot of good things here. And I think it's just a matter of kind of what the vision of how long this is going to take. Um, is it going to be two years or three years? Um, maybe you get lucky in the lottery, and maybe you know you're, you're where Oklahoma City was a, a couple of years ago, and you're not that far away here. So. You know, because there is a relationship there, I think um, I would I would say that there, there. You know, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but I would think there is there is a good chance that you know at least for the next year, you kind of you know you you have that working relationship and you can see Cliff with um, you know with a little bit of a different lineup. Bobby, one more question for me, an all-encompassing one at that. At the trade deadline, I know you liked what Charlotte did. I've heard you talk about that a mm-hmm. couple of times. They got a couple of first-round picks, 2027, maybe coincidentally, with Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington exiting the organization. If you're the GM or president of basketball ops, how do you operate with those 2027 first, and what did you like specifically about how the Hornets operated? I just like, you know, for a team that's been constantly rebuilding, that haven't, hasn't made it out of the first round since, uh, who last made it to the playoffs in 16, haven't made it out of the first round, I think, since 02, I want to say. Um, you just have a purpose as far as where you're going. You know, you see a lot of these rebuilding or retooling teams, whether it be Oklahoma City or Utah, and their kitty of, of draft assets fall. Before the deadline, Charlotte owed a pick and still does to San Antonio that's protected, but really had nothing of anything value besides the, you know, a couple players on your roster here. And I just think it sets a path as far as this is kind of who we are. It might be, you know, we're going to might experience a little bit of pain in the next uh, year or two. It's going to be kind of a, you know, a get ready for a rotating door of different players here. It's going to be basically a tryout basis. Um, and that basically kind of sets in motion as far as, you know, putting, the pieces together that fit. And I just think that, you know, the ownership group kind of identified that at the deadline that, you know, and PJ and Terry are nice players here, but to move forward with, um, with them, you would probably be in the same position you were, you know, a year ago. He's one of the best at this folks. It's Bobby Marks. You can find him on Twitter at Bobby Marks 42 ESPN NBA front office insider talking about the new president of basketball ops, Jeff Peterson here with the Charlotte Hornets. Bobby, we appreciate the time so much. Thank you. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks guys.
There's Bobby talking about Jeff Peterson coming in as the new shot caller here, Wes. Anything there of note? He mentioned some of the first things he has to figure out. LaMelo Ball is something that he pointed to first and foremost because he's on a $200 million contract, but LaMelo can't stay healthy, at least if you evaluate the last couple of seasons. We didn't mention that as the first priority at the beginning of the show just because I think the the way you play this is you play out the rest of the year. Maybe LaMelo plays. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know at this point. I have zero clue. And then you get to next year not trading LaMelo. I don't think they're going to do that. Maybe. Like, I I wouldn't call it impossible. But I fully expect LaMelo and Brandon to suit up as your priorities one and two. And then we'll see what happens with Miles as well. How far up is LaMelo this soon on Jeff Peterson's to-do list? Because clearly LaMelo is a big piece on the future outlook of this team on figuring uh, out what to do. I think it's just something that, you know, if we equated this to cooking, he's putting it on the stove and he's putting it on the back burner. Okay. Because I think it's something that will be there for him to think about, but I don't think it's something that is prioritized. I think he's sitting there and he's like, all right, you know, we'll we'll monitor the issue with Mello. We'll see if the injuries continue. We'll see if we're not quite getting the leadership we need from him or the defense. But we know that the entertainment value that he brings, the offensive prowess that he has, I think for Mello it's just a matter of staying healthy and then everything else will fall into place. So I think it's something that he'll think about, but it's at the back of his mind. It's in the it's in the back of the stove, like the corn that's already done, and you just put it back down low, you know, keep it warm. Okay. You got like Valentine's Day DJ there talking about corn on the back burner. It sounded sexual. This is sexual uh, I, corn. Yeah, hey, that, that was <laughs> sexual corn. I want to try that corn. That corn sounds quite pleasurable. Is it different than candy corn? It, it's, I don't know. It sounds quite pleasurable, <laughs> whatever corn you're talking about. Well, maybe this has maybe some sugar, a little butter on it. Maybe. Like I, I know people that corn? do it. I don't put sugar on my corn. Butter. Yeah, I, now, I'm one of those. I don't, I don't know if it's possible to put enough butter on stuff. Like I I know health wise it's not okay. So you have your baked potato just swimming. Let's just say if I'm making a grilled cheese, it's drowning. Okay, mm. I'm just telling you. Same with baked potato though. Yeah, if if I have the option, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lobster drenched. You're the guy like on a commercial when they're doing the cheese thing and it ends up a mountain of cheese up to his neck. So you got the butter so much that you just need to put swimming trunks on and get. I have get a snorkel pool. on by yeah. the time they're done, and that's when I'll say when. Okay. That's when I'll say when. <laughs> I also asked about Miles Bridges. Because I do think that's – so you have the top 10 pick that's coming your way. Jeff Peterson's going to have to figure that out. He'll have to figure out Steve Clifford, too, and, and Bobby had some interesting comments there. But also, Miles Bridges, that's the contract you got to figure out first and foremost. So once you get to free agency, he was discussing a $30 million contract, and then he said, well, you know, maybe we expect him to get somewhere in between 20 to 25. He also put a lot of credence on – the fact that there are other things you have to consider with Miles off of the court. Yeah. I just don't know how much how much teams are going to care. It's what we've come to know about yeah. the NBA. It's what we've come to know about sports. You can produce all is forgotten. And I know Bobby Marks is bringing this up. Like it's certainly something you have to think about. But also, I don't think they're going to think enough about it to the point where it deters them from signing him. If you think he's worth twenty to twenty five million, and you think he can help your team, I think. For the most part, teams are just going to go ahead and do that because at this point, you've already I mean, it's the Charlotte Hornets that are having to deal with the backlash minimal or lots of it. They're dealing with whatever the level of backlash is after bringing him back. And so now the other team can just pick him up once he hits the open market. You'll hit a backlash a little bit. You'll have 
media members, you'll have journalists ask these teams, these GMs, hey, is this something you're okay with dealing with? And they're going to tell you that they did their homework. They're going to tell you that they gathered a lot of information. And they're going to tell you that they came to the conclusion that he's passed all of that and he's going to help this team to the best of his ability. That is what you are going to hear. And they're going to pay him 20 to $25 million surrounding all of it. I expect him to... I expect him to get that kind of money. And honestly, Wes, if I had to choose, unlike I was, you know, I was called Switzerland with the Brian Burns 50 50 uh-huh. proposition, I expect Miles Bridges back in Charlotte next year. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I think that they probably view him as that third star uh, at this point. And maybe they feel like that would take some of the pressure off as far as what they would need to do potentially in free agency. They're like, hey, we got a guy in house that we would probably covet if he was not in house. And so I think that that will probably play a lot into the decision-making for them to keep him. Good stuff. Bobby Marks will put that interview on our website, WFNZ.com. Wesson Walker podcast tap. You can also hear the three questions we ask Merrill Hodge if you want to hear that in the 1 o'clock hour as well. And all of the best of segments. Fire Fizzle is up. We had a fun one today. Best leaps in sports history on this leap day. It's the big finish, the walk-off, coming up next on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Are you challenging me to a walk-off? Oh, yeah. That's a walk-off challenge, my friend. It's a walk-off. It's a walk-off. Wesson Walker Walk-Off Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And we're reminding you to join us for the Friday finale of the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets Watch Party. It's taking place at Graham Street Pub and Patio in Uptown Charlotte. Friday, March 8th at 6 p.m. Remember, tip-off is at 7 p.m. So you can hang out not only with us, Wesson Walker. Not only are you going to be hanging out with Fiddy, who said he's going to be there too, but you're going to be hanging out with lots of Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra is also going to be there, and we appreciate them for putting this event on once more. You can take a look at the new look Hornets uh, as they face the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards. Hopefully they can get a win, unlike last time. The Wizards! Thank you. I was waiting for it. <laughs> we'll have also signed Hornets merchandise, plus your chance to win tickets to a future Hornets home game. Other great prizes. We gave out some awesome stuff the last time we were out at Graham Street Pub and Patio. So another fun event. Lots of people showed up. I think everybody would sign off on how fun it was. Wes, you were not there, but he's going to be there this time. I'm going to be there this time, baby. You better believe it. So if you want to meet the great, the one and only Wes Bryant. <laughs> I appreciate that. Friday night, March 8th, Michelob Ultra, Charlotte Hornets watch party. Come hang out with us. Let's start with the leftover takes. Um, Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things? 
the to-do list for Jeff Peterson. I keep going back to it. Top 10 pick, decide whether you're going to keep Steve Clifford. What are you going to do with Miles Bridges? And then we'll see exactly what kind of foundation the Hornets have. What do you think about Steve Clifford possibly coming back with Jeff Peterson here, Wes? I like it because I think that, like I said, Coach Clifford, man, it's not for a lack of him trying to coach. I can see if he was lax on the sideline or they feeling like he's not really putting in the work, man. But we've heard it. We've seen it. We hear the press conference after the game where the man sounds like he's run two marathons in a day because he's just so <laughs> exhausted from trying to get guys to do what he wants them to do. We know the basketball mind that he is and how respected it is, and he's been trying to implement that in this locker room, guys just haven't been listening. He's finally got guys that will listen to him. They can continue to get this roster better. He can get LaMelo back and get him healthy. And I think that Clifford can really do something with this team. I know the man can coach. If I felt like that he just didn't know what he was doing and was in over his skis, then I'd be like, nah, maybe it's time to move on. But I think Clifford's a basketball. He's got a great basketball mind. And I think that with the right team and with a healthy team around them, they can do a few things. Fiddy, what would you do if Steve Clifford comes back as the head coach? It looks like that's going to happen, and it feels like you're starting to accept that. Uh, make another bet that they want to increase their win total and get another free week's worth of lunch. I'm not going to do it this time. You guys bullied me into it the last time. You guys. Yeah, that's right. I said your name. Oh. <laughs> I said what I said. I got what bullied. What did I say? I got bullied because you said it was weak that I wasn't going to do the bet. Well, no, you, I mean. Oh, yeah, I might have told you. Right, <laughs> yeah. At that point in the year, you know, Hornets Homer Walker was out, and you were you were convinced they were going to win more than 37 games. And no, that is not. See, this is where it gets just a little twisted. Just a little bit. Wasn't, wasn't true. And if he's back next year, newsflash, they won't win 37 games. Newsflash. <laughs> like newsflash. If 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 you're you're gonna you're gonna clean house, do it all the way. Cliff's a nice guy. He's a good dude. It's been real. Let's go get us a legit coach that can get the most out of this group. You said you were jealous of Bobby Marks' bald head. What about Steve Clifford's bald head? No, not jealous of that bald head at all. But Bobby Marks, you are. Yeah, because that thing shines on television. It does. He's really, especially when he's on the the draft board when he's doing the touchscreen stuff. I imagine the producer is telling him he's given a glare. It's a beautiful bald head. I'm not going to disagree with that. Random question of the day. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What it's do you want? Apparently Smoke likes bologna at midnight. Is that true? He said yesterday on the Kyle Bailey show that his late night snack as a kid growing up was bologna. <laughs> that, I don't know why that makes me laugh and makes me happy, but I can just picture a little Smoke. Wandering in, tiptoeing into the kitchen, and wanting some bologna for a midnight. I used snack. to eat that. Hey y'all, how you remember them? You said what? I used to eat that for a snack too. Yeah, bologna. It's this midnight snack. This is the question. What is your go-to midnight snack or your favorite one? If you have most of the options in the house, for me it wouldn't be bologna. Although I have no problem with that one. I'm gonna go with something I don't hear a lot. Cereal is a great midnight snack. Yeah, people like that. I can see that. Where are you going? Mine would be probably potato chips. Just something easy to grab out of yeah, the pantry man, and roll with. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I'm not a midnight snack type of eater, so the only context I could put it in is if I've been out or something like that and I come in the house maybe after 11 o'clock and I go grab something to eat, it's probably going to be some chips. Uh, Granny Pat agrees with you, Fiddy. After she disagreed with you, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, and yeah. you felt hurt, she agrees with you. She said, I agree with Fiddy on Coach Clifford. What's your favorite midnight snack, Fiddy? Uh, mine's popcorn. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Already? Are you going to make it in the microwave, or is it is it just the one in the bag that already is pre-made? Yeah, I mean, like... Pre-popped. I, yeah, I'm going to put it in the microwave and let it do its thing. But I did. My uh, my grandfather, the year before he died, he gave me a popcorn maker mm. for Christmas. Homemade I, popcorn is good. And I had it in my room, and it'd be like one... You know, it's like back like till 4 in the morning, 1.30, 2 a.m. in there popping popcorn while I was playing video games. Have you tried the AMC popcorn yet? That they sell in the store, and then you put it in the bowl, and you can warm it up. No, I'm an Orville Redenbacher guy. It's on point. It's pretty close. I They're, didn't think they could do it. It's pretty close. I've had two people now. Now I'm a little afraid because I'm painting a, a wrong picture of myself. But Squirrel Meat Henderson says, <laughs> pot smokers eat cereal at midnight, LOL. <laughs> oh. And then 336 also writes in, cereal is a stoner midnight snack for sure. Cookies and milk is also goaded. So... I, that's two people now that have accused me of being a stoner and eating cereal at midnight. Well, you know what's weird though? Golden Grams is my favorite cereal, and underrated. West, you know nice what? take. If I if I eat it in the morning, it's cool. But I always like Golden Grams better as a snack, man. To me, it's, I get a little more crunch, and it's a little different if I eat it in the afternoon or the evening. Never been a fan of cereal without the milk. I'm not one that's just taking the box and just. I eat dried Cheerios. That's it. I eat cereal dry all the time. Yes. I, do, I do not. I do not eat cereal with milk in it. I I eat it dry and drink a glass of milk. So you're just a weirdo. Wait, hold on. You you separate it? You yeah. said this before. I, I think that is right. You mm-hmm. so basically, if we were on chopped, you would be making a deconstructed bowl of cereal by having the dry just grain and also just. Why don't you just mix them together if you're mixing them together by drinking the glass of milk? Because I want my cereal to stay hard, and it's not going to stay hard in the look bowl at, of look milk. At the, look at the look at the degenerate in the back. The degenerate in the back. Man can't even talk about cereal staying hard without just giggling. He could say he doesn't want his cereal to get milk all over it or anything. He right. likes to keep it separate, but he laughed and he brought that take to the table. Yep. That's what he did. It's JD, ladies and gentlemen. Let's finish up. What are we watching? All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? That feels, speaking of cereal, it feels a little cereal killery to have both of those things separated. Cereal killery. What was that? What was that noise? Can we all- I was just going to say, Walker, in conjunction with you looking high all the time. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, you're from Claremont County. I'm sure you've roamed a pasture or two. You've, it's Catawba County. Uh, whatever. Claremont and Catawba County. It's the County. same damn thing. This is bad. Bad moment from you. Weird noises. Not. What's your point? I was just going to say, it, it <laughs> wouldn't surprise me like 35 years down the road if... I'm watching America's Most Wanted with whoever that dude's like grandson is, and maybe you pop up. This is a weird sideways conversation we just had. What do you got on the docket for tonight, Wes? What you uh, definitely going to be watching Love is Blind. Of course, I have yeah. a crap ton of women's basketball games to cut highlights for. And Kang Gang tonight, they got the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, as well. So, Colum- yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets, they're at Columbus tonight at 7. So many people are asking, how in the world is Walker not high? Walk, uh, Fitty, what you got? <laughs> what are we watching tonight? Uh... I guess I'm going to watch the Knicks and the Warriors because outside of that, there ain't nothing on. Charlotte Hornets are on. You watch them face the Milwaukee Notre Dame's Bucks. playing Virginia Tech's women tonight. That's true, too. So you can watch the Charlotte Hornets as well. 
get revenge on the Milwaukee Bucks after so what happened. by 20 tonight instead of 40? That's right. And that's going to be, that's progress. That's all we're hoping for here with the Charlotte Hornets. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.